Amen. Good to, good to have all of you here on today. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to the assigned text, uh, Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. And I'm going to begin reading with verse number 11 and end with verse number 14. Hebrews chapter 5, beginning with verse number 11. And if you have it, please let me know by saying amen. And the word of God reads as follows. Concerning him, and I believe that that pronoun him points back to the antecedent Melchizedek. Concerning him, Melchizedek, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. I believe the King James has strong meat. Is that right? Verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. I believe the King James has, for he is a babe. Is that right? Then verse 14 says, but solid food or strong meat is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Hebrews chapter five, verses 11 through 14, the title assigned to me today, strong meat for those of full age. Strong meat. For those of full age. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell him or her, we've got to have some meat. We've got to have some meat. Most people, most people of African descent like soul food, fried chicken catfish, fatback, ham hocks, hog jaw, oxtails, pig feet, chitlins, pork chops, black-eyed peas, pinto beans, collard greens, turnip greens, okra, sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, giblet gravy, now let me get to the good part, cornbread, peach cobbler, sweet potato pie, squirrel legs, rabbit ears, possum pot pie, city folk don't know about that food, alligator stew, pecan pie, and top it all off with some banana pudding. If you like soul food, can you say amen? According to the author of the epistle to the Hebrews, God has provided his children 
with spiritual soul food. Writing to persecuted believers, the author of this epistle admonishes his audience not to turn back to Moses and the Levitical priesthood. Why? Because everything you have in Jesus is far better and superior to what you had in the old covenant or in that old Jewish system. In some ways, the book of Hebrews can be called the book of better things. In our text today, we see the, the writer of the Hebrews epistle rebuking his readers for their lack of spiritual advancement. He indicts them for their spiritual deafness, their spiritual lethargy, and their spiritual immaturity. Some of the Hebrew Christians had become spiritually sluggish and mentally lazy. That's why he says in Hebrews 6 and verse number 12, so that you will not be sluggish. I believe the King James uses the word slothful. Am I right about it? Uh, but, but, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That word sluggish is an interesting word uh, to me because having been an educator for some several years, one of the problems we have in American education uh, from, from east to west, north to south, is that we have a lot of bright and brilliant students, but some of our students are just downright lazy. And, and what I've learned, brothers and sisters, is that's not only true in the academy, it is also true in the church. We, we, if we're honest with ourselves, we've got some lazy folk in the church of Christ. Now, I'm not, not all members, but some of our members are downright lazy. They don't like to read. They don't like to study. They don't like to be challenged. They don't, they don't want to think. But, but brothers and sisters, I believe that God is calling us to transition from milk drinkers to meat eaters. Are you with me this, this morning? Indeed, the writer places his listeners into two categories, milk drinkers and meat eaters. Those are the two points I want to emphasize this, this morning, and then the lesson will be yours. First of all, let's look at the milk drinkers, those who were spiritually immature. You see, milk drinking Christians have been in the church for a long time, but they have not yet reached the point where they can teach others. And that's what he says in the text in verse number 12, for though by the time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk. I guarantee you that nobody here after this session, after this session this morning, no one here is just going to go to your restaurant or to your room and just order milk. You, 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 want, you want some meat. Am I right about it? You, you, you want more than, than, than milk after this session. You see, milk drinkers are those who have been indoctrinated in the first principles of the gospel, but they are spiritually stuck. The first principles. What are the first principles? In, act, in fact, he, he delineates them uh, in, in verse number 1 of chapter 6, Hebrews 6 and 1, where he says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about Christ, and let us what? Let us 
go on or press on to what? Maturity. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works. In, in other words, you did that when you became a Christian. You turned away from darkness. And then he says, and faith toward God. That is, you turn from the darkness to the light of God. Instruction about washings, uh, no doubt a reference to baptism into Christ, the laying on of hands, the practice of ordaining or commissioning. And then he says the resurrection of the dead, referring to the general resurrection of all human beings, which Jesus taught in several places, including John chapter 5, verses 27 and 28. And then he mentions eternal judgment, the destiny of those who reject God's saving grace. These were the first principles. That, that was the milk that babes in Christ received upon entering into the kingdom of God. And he says in essence because of their spiritual immaturity some of the Hebrew Christians had slipped back to where they started. It's almost like a college student who ought to be ready to excel on the collegiate level. But the young adult has to return to kindergarten to learn his ABCs. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, I've come to tell you this morning that we have some members, I said some members, who have been a Christian for many years, and some of them are in a state of arrested development. Their attitude is still nasty and negative. Their behavior is still childish and foolish. Their conduct is still cruel and corrupt. We still have some church members who are still shucking and jiving, slipping and sliding, hoping and doping, smoking and choking, lying and spying, skinning and grinning, faking and shaking, twerking and jerking. And I'm here to tell you, it's time to grow up. Turn to your neighbor and tell him or her, you too old for that. <laughs> you see, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, there's a difference between childish behavior and childlike behavior. You see, God is pleased when we display a disposition of childlikeness. Am I right about it? For Jesus said, except you become converted and become like a child. You cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So God is pleased when we dis display a childlike spirit, but God is not pleased when we manifest a childish disposition. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 actually provides a pretty good commentary on this text in Hebrews chapter 5. And whoever this author was, was no doubt schooled in Pauline uh, theology. You remember in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul had incriminated Christians there because many of them, he says uh, in 1 Corinthians 3 and 2, he said, I gave you milk to drink and not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, you are, even now are not able uh, to handle it. I'm paraphrasing now. Isn't it sad when folk have been in the church for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 years, and some folk will even brag about, I've been in the church of Christ for 50 years. You don't have anything to teach me. Brother, sister, you are dead wrong. All of us ought to be growing in the Lord 
Lord, until we offer up our last breath. Can you say amen on today? And then Paul was, was able to say, some of you say that I'm a Paul and I of Apollos. Uh, are you not walking like mere men? You see, childish, childish church members fight over the three Ps, power, position, and popularity. Childish church members fight over territory and titles. Childish church members fuss and fight over petty, insignificant stuff. Childish church members engage in unhealthy competition, comp competing leaders against leaders, preachers against preachers, members against members. Don't you know I'm just glad we're all on the same team? Can you say amen? On today, oh yes, oh yes, strong meat for those of full age. This leads me to my second point. Let's look at the meat eaters, the meat, the meat eaters. Uh, turn to your neighbor and say, I love meat. Oh yes, I, I love meat. You see, now, now, now contextually, contextually, when the author of the epistle to the Hebrews says strong meat, or solid food, he's actually talking about the teaching about Melchizedek, who is a prefiguration or a shadow of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 7, the author develops the theme, even though he knew that some in his audience were not ready for it. And I think that's a lesson for preachers. Sometimes, you know, we, we try to lower the standard of God's word. We, 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 you know, folk who have been in the church for years and they haven't grown up, we want to lower the standard. No, 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 don't lower the standard. Keep God's standard where it is. Let's push our members, motivate our members, stimulate our members, educate our members to rise a little higher to meet the high standard of God's word. And so the, 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 the writer shows that Melchizedek held two offices, king and priest. And he says, Jesus has become a priest after the order of Melchizedek, citing Psalm 110 in verse number four. In fact, he highlights his position just as Melchizedek was a priest. Jesus became prophet, priest, and king. And then he highlights uh, his priesthood. Just as Melchizedek was not from the tribe of Levi, Jesus was not from the tribe of Levi. Am I right about it? For he descended from the tribe of Judah. Hebrews 7 verses 12 and 13. And then he highlights his permanence. Just as Melchizedek was without beginning or end, Jesus has always been, and thank God he will always be. Am I right about it? That's why he could say in verse number 16, who has become such not as on, not on the basis of a law, a physical requirement, but according to the power of an indestructible life. Aren't you glad this morning that we're blessed to say, to serve and worship the indestructible Savior? And that's why the church is indestructible. Not because we're so good, not because we're so great, but because it was built by the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you see, the, the writer here is saying, you Hebrew Christians have got to move beyond the ABCs, the milk of God's word, and move on to Melchizedek, the meat of God's word, because if you fully understand the position of Christ, uh, the priesthood of Christ, and the permanence of Christ, you would never ever want to turn back 
to that old Levitical covenant. All of us like better things, don't we? Can you wave at me this morning if you like, if you like better things? Oh, yes. We shop for better deals. We, we want to live in better houses. We, we like to drive better cars. Am I right about it? Uh, we, we want to wear better clothes. I don't know about y'all, but I like to spend better money. Mm-hmm. We, we, we tend to seek better jobs. We want our children to have better opportunities. We want them to attend better schools so they can acquire a better education and then move on up and uh, land a better career. Professional teams are always, NBA teams and NFL teams are always looking for better players. Some preachers, help me somebody, are looking for better churches. Some churches are looking for better preachers. America right now is looking for a better president. Help me somebody. You see the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews is the book of better things. Oh, thank God for this book. You see, in uh, the book of Hebrews, we have a better revelation. Hebrews chapter 1. We're blessed to have a better salvation. Hebrews chapter 2. We're blessed to enjoy a better rest. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4. We're blessed to have a better hope. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 19. We're blessed to have a better covenant. Uh, Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 22. We're blessed to have a better priesthood. Hebrews chapter 7 verses 23 through 28. We're blessed to have a better promise Hebrews chapter 8 and verse number 6 we're blessed to have a better sacrifice Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 23 we're blessed to have a better substance Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 34 one day we're going to a better country am I right about it according to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 16 and thank God one day we will experience a better resurrection Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 35 all I'm trying to tell you today is that God has given his children spiritual soul food that get that pertains to all things concerning life and godliness that's why Jesus could say man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God Matthew 4 verse 4 quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse number 3 I know there's a commercial out there that says that milk does the body good? And I think there is an element of truth to that. But I like that Arby's commercial better. We have the meats. Is that all right this morning? We, we have the meats. You see, in the church of Christ, we ought to be able to stand up and tell the world, we have the meats. Turn to your neighbor and say, we have the meats. Oh, yes, we have the strong, solid meat you need to survive and thrive in this old sinful world. Oh, as I close this morning, as I hasten to my seat, I just want to just throw in a little history here, if I can apply this on today. You see, next month, the state of Texas and all of the other southern states and even states beyond the south will celebrate a special holiday called Juneteenth. As a child born and reared in East Texas, I did not realize the significance of the celebration Juneteenth. 
I, I remember the block parties and I remember the pretty little girls. I was interested in, in those things and, and the barbecue chicken. Those are the things that I was interested in as a child. But when I became a man, I, I came to understand the significance of Juneteenth. On April 9th, 1865, Robert E. Lee and Confederate soldiers surrendered to Union authorities, which officially ended the Civil War. On April 9th, 1865, enslaved Africans in South Carolina learned that they were free. April 9th, 1865, enslaved Africans in Mississippi learned that they were free. April 9th, 1865, enslaved Africans in Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Tennessee, Arkansas, Virginia, North Carolina, all learned that they were free. But Negro, but, but black folk in Texas, didn't learn that they were free until June 19th, 1865. You see, my ancestors spent two months, two additional months working and toiling beneath the, the cloud of sorrow and frustration. And they did not learn that they were free until the Union soldiers arrived on the Galveston coast and issued the proclamation that enslaved black folk in the state of Texas are now and forever free. What are you saying, Brother Robert? I'm saying that, that milk drinkers and meat eaters, you see, comprise our congregations. And we have a lot of milk drinkers who are blinded by their own biblical and spiritual ignorance and they don't know that they are free in Christ. Some of us don't know that we're free from the power of sin, free from the power of Satan, free from the power of legalism. Some folk in the church are still convinced that it's wrong to say amen. It's wrong to say hallelujah. It's wrong to tap your feet and clap your hands. Why? Because they don't know that we're free. But I thank God we got some meat eaters in the church of Christ. Folk who know that Jesus done broke the chains of slavery. You see, meat eaters know and understand that Jesus said in John 8, in verse number 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 36, Jesus said, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Am I right about it? I'm trying to tell you that meat eaters know that we're free to live victoriously, free to love unconditionally, free to stand fearlessly, free to praise God joyfully, free to clap your hand, free to rave your hands, free to say hallelujah. Am I right about it? Free to say amen. Not because not because of what we've done for Jesus, but because of what Jesus has done for us. Thank you. May God bless you today.